Hi everyone and welcome back to Rebel Chums. This is part two of our first season finale discussion of The Last Jedi. As was explained in part one, we had rather a lot to say about the latest Star Wars episode, so this is part two. If you're new to Rebel Chums and this is the first episode you've clicked on, you might want to check out part one first, or just head all the way back and listen to our discussions of every other Star Wars film. It's your choice, so buckle up for the last hour of season one, and thank you if you made it this far. Exactly, and to be honest, the thing with um, the, the thing with Kylo Ren is that he's put himself above Vader now, in terms of what he's actually his actions in this film place him above Vader in terms of importance, not in the franchise or anything, but just in the general hierarchy of the yeah. Empire, whatever. He becomes the main baddie at the end yeah, of this, doesn't he? which is what Vader never is, if you think about it. Because, it, I mean, yeah, okay, he's the main baddie in episode four, but he has Tarkin to answer to. And he, even we were sat around this table right at the beginning of this series where it was like, Vader's the main villain, but is he the main antagonist? Is he, like, is he the key figure of the mm. Empire? And we couldn't think. Then in Empire Strikes Back, there is no question on the character level in the film but he still has to answer to the Emperor. And then in the sixth film, he has to answer to the Emperor. And when he finally kills the Emperor, it's not necessarily because he wants to do it, it's because he was going to kill Luke. Mm. And then he dies anyway. In this one, Kylo Ren in Force Awakens spends quite a lot of his time emulating Vader, saying, I will, I will finish what you started. And then, like, in this film... Excellent impression. Yeah, and then, and then he has to answer to Snoke, and he's got this battle with Hook, so which is still technically going on. But... What he's actually managed to do by killing Snoke is he's technically that's Vader killing the Emperor one film early. By his own, you know, he he made that decision. He didn't have it made for him essentially in the way that Vader does, and he's not responsible. He is very. I mean, he's clearly so preoccupied with Luke and plagued with like this kind of like distraction that like the rebellion are able to get away, the resistance are able to get away. But it. It does now. Kylo Ren is now in a position where it's like you know what is it? The, the supreme leader is dead, along with the supreme mm. leader. There is that position where Kylo Long Ren has live this. the king. Yeah. <laughs> well, like Kylo Ren has now elected himself a supreme leader, and Vader never did that. Yeah, he's done what Vader, you know, never he's overthrown his master to do. We're he's in done uncharted what, territory now. He's yeah. done what the, the Sith legends always say: the apprentices do to the master. Yeah, he's he has he's succeeded in killing the master and becoming the master. Yeah. Essentially, yeah, well, it's funny that I didn't even think of that. that in the whole saga, this is the first time anyone has been seen Kylo to successfully is, do it. Other than Kylo Palpatine, oh, you know, well, Palpatine, we don't see as him backstory. Killed. Yeah. But this is as, the first as, time as, anyone yeah. has truly taken on that mantle as the villain. And yeah. the thing is, as well, it's what Yoda says. Kylo Ren now is, uh, Kylo Ren has now grown beyond his apprentice, mm. uh, his master. Yeah. Well, Snoke exactly. raised him, and that, now Kylo Ren. Lost has gone Ben, we him. have. I think, that, I think that line is, you know, very we are what they grow beyond. I mean, every every line? line in that Yoda scene is just pure gold. Yoda is like, just Fail is the greatest teacher and stuff like yeah. that. I love that. Like, line. oh, yeah. he's just he's so fucking wise, isn't he? He's <laughs> so yeah. cool. He's so cool. Just you know, as, I, um, someone well, who's now sat through, well, I'd say three trilogies, but you know, um, for like the first time, does who feels like the bigger villain to you now? Out of Vader, out of well. The, cluster, the clusterfuck of villains in the trilogy, but I suppose Palpatine and Vader, Palpatine, then Vader, then Kylo Ren. You're not including Darth Maul in this, are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, the mastermind behind Solo. Yeah. Wait, sorry, who did you say again? Uh, Gem- Palpatine slash Emperor. Yeah. 
in just just in the three, just mm-hmm. in the first three prequels. In the prequels, as the big bad of the trilogy, as, as the big bad of the trilogy, the big bad of the um, original trilogy is Vader. The big bad of this new trilogy seems to be Kylo Ren, although technically we're still not certain yeah. how it does. Um, Palpatine probably, mm. but Vader's like a close second. Right, I think. But so, yeah. why is it that Kylo Ren is your is the bottom of that list? He feels like a kid. It's he the still whole, does. It's exactly. the whole teenage He's, like tantruming, yeah. like oh, I'm going to destroy the shit out of everything because I'm angry. And even in this film, like, like as soon as Luke steps out onto the battlefield and he like fight, points all guns at Luke. Yeah, it's like, like yeah, well we'll shoot him to make sure he's dead, even though you know he's dead. Like, General you, you know you would have hit him anyway. Just just him. Him. <laughs> that's you know that's an interesting thing that I've noticed about this film, is that every single mistake the First Order makes in this film is because they don't listen to General Hooks. Yeah. Everything he does throughout the whole film is the right decision. He puts the hyperspace tracking on them. He says, no, let's just keep following them and wait for them to do out their fuel. He says, no, ignore Luke, shoot the base. Whenever they ignore him and Kylo Ren says, no, 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 we're going to go down and kill Luke. Or says, no, no, no I'm the Supreme Leader. That's There's when they go wrong. one mistake that he does make which allows Holdo to turn the cruise around he and doesn't smash it. That that's happening. that's yeah. the one mistake he does make. But Kylo Ren feels less like a villain because he's a complex villain. Mm. Yeah. There's well, yeah, something because, in him. Again, it says a lot that we can still sort of question whether he is going to be the big bad guy now. I mean, I know it, it does seem like he's basically going to be the evil guy that gets defeated at the end. But at this point, there's still, you know... He just seems too easy to defeat, I think. Mm. Like, compared well, I to think, the... Yeah, I think they're going to have to go... Yeah, if you just him. irritate I gonna, him. Yeah. I think they're going to have to go at it... In, Tell him that My angle. Chemical Romance is rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're going to have to go at it from a different angle from episode 9. It's not going to be this thing of, can Rey defeat Kylo Ren? Yeah, she can. She yeah, already, exactly. She already has. Um, it's going to be more about the fact that he's not that... Probably deep down, probably not that bad a guy. Yeah. I mean, he he is obviously a very, very bad person, but you know what I mean? In the scheme of Star Wars He can villains, still be redeemed. And I, I, I expect him to get killed and go down, but I do expect him to go down in a very kind of sympathetic or kind Fade of away. pitiable kind of way yeah. where we will sort of mourn his death, almost. I, I do expect that to happen. And that's, a good, again, it's a good thing that we don't know what's going to happen. And in, so, the no, opposite, in the opposite direction, you've got Kylo's counterpart in, on the light side as he meets together, Ray who is just so relentlessly good in this film, as in, yeah, like, a fantastic. good person. Yeah. Like, she's just so nice. Oh, right, I, see what you mean. Right. Uh, I mean, she's great as a character, of course, but she's always on the good side of the battle. They do so much dick-teasing throughout The Force Awakens and this film, where um, Rey could possibly turn to the dark side. And they say that Rey's theme is based on... Um, it's an inversion of Kylo's theme and the Imperial March. Both, so, you know, there's, the, um, and Luke's like, "Oh my God, you've got so much power, and you went straight to the dark. You you might become an evil person, but she never does. Like she mm. she never gives into the dark side at all throughout this film. She's faced with Kylo, basically saying, "Let's rule the galaxy together," and she's just like. Why the fuck would you think I'd want to do that? No, stupid question. I'm going to go away now. Yeah, yeah, so some, people, some people say that that's a bit of a, like, that Ray's a bit of a letdown in this film because they never do any dark side stuff with her. But to me, it's like, no, 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 that's, that's another deliberate subversion of expectations. Yeah. That's the surprise, which is that you Ray... You expect her to is, turn to the dark Ray, side Ray, Ray is point. incorruptible. 
that this is a surprise just, it, is that she, there is there is never any chance of Ray going to the dark side. In the same way that yeah. Luke never succumbs to the dark side yeah. because he knows what's right. And it, Ray is exactly the same. And, it, and in both those cases, with Luke in his hand of the Jedi and with Ray in Last Jedi, it would seem the natural progression for it to start to go to the dark side. And this, again, the surprise is that she doesn't. Yeah, and it, they do the same thing with Luke in the original trilogy, like. Um, um, the Emperor's like, oh yes, I can feel your anger and use your anger to destroy Darth Vader, and he does, and it's you know, it what... Yeah, that, what is it, that um, strike me down in anger line that Luke does, I felt like he was paralleling the oh, Emperor or something like it, that It was, a, that's a parallel to um, Obi-Wan. Yeah, in, strike in, uh, me down and I'll be more powerful than you possibly imagine Yeah. So when Obi-Wan dies in A New Hope that's what he says to yeah. me, and it's a, basically a reflection of that Yeah, yeah I thought so. Which is nice um, well, well, love how good Ray is. She just yeah never gives in to the bad people. And I love her little um, the, the the excuse that the film has to go a little bit artsy, where Ray there's a million visions of Ray and like the recurring the recursive mirrors kind yeah. of thing, and it just does a little bit goes a little bit artsy. And how, yeah, that and that one. is a little bit pretentious that whole scene with the million rays all greeting each other and congratulating each other by tapping each other on the back. Um, <laughs> but it does make a, again a very good point of the whole parentage of Ray thing. That it doesn't matter what her, who her parents are. Like, she sees herself in the mirror at the end because she is what matters. She is in the present and she yeah. is now. And yeah. it's her story that matters. It's irrelevant who her parents were. They could have been Obi-Wan Kenobi or it could have been junk traders. It wouldn't make a difference and it shouldn't make a difference. And it's nice yeah. that she starts to learn that at the same time the, the audience has. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, that we, we are still, despite the fact that the focus is... Sl- slightly away from Ray a lot of the times in this film we are actually still seeing this story through Ray's eyes I, I, don't, I think that is the one aspect of Force Awakens that has not been cast aside in this which is that we are still ultimately seeing this story through Ray's eyes and yeah again we are learning things at the same time that Ray is and it's yeah. ag- again one of the aspects that we're going to keep coming back to in this film is that um, the Force Awakens left so many questions like who are Ray's parents after all and yeah. who is Snoke and stuff and that scene is just another example of how the film answers a question that it doesn't matter who these people are or what these people's backgrounds are. Um, and a lot of people complain that The Last Jedi doesn't answer any of these questions. It and does, they just t- don't like the answers. Exactly. Yeah. It answers the questions. Ray's parents are no one, um, and Snoke's background doesn't matter whatsoever, um, but people don't like those answers. And that's why some people have a big problem with The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. because yeah. that leaves them unsatisfied, because there's not enough law I was just going to say that, go on you say your first thing you I was going to say before first. we jump into talking about the final act uh, I'd just like to talk about the basically everything with Holdo yes okay let's do that now she's an interesting guy what did you make of purple herd Holdo I was confused by her for a lot of the time like you don't really know what her intentions are it just yeah, seemed yeah, like she was yeah. making this, really this, bad decisions this is a big problem that people have with the film the fact that Holdo has this plan and just never tells tell anybody anyone. what it is. There was yeah. one line that could fix it magically, which is that if Holdo says to Poe, I suspect there may be a mole on board. If she says that, then that explains everything. Why she doesn't tell Poe what her plan is, or anyone well, what her plan is. I have is. a better why explanation. She, why she refuses to let anyone help. That would have fixed it, I think. Well, I have a better explanation, which is just that if she told people that her plan was to evacuate the ship and then turn it round and fly it into... Well, that's last minute thinking that. I don't think no, it is. No, it is. She did not intend to do that. Yeah, because the I plan don't was think to get all is. the transporters off. Because if she does that, then they know that the ships have just left. The plan is for them to follow her for ages after 
so that when they shoot the ship down, they don't know that the ships have left. They believe they've just killed everyone. Right. And they miss the, well, po- miss way, the, miss the point yeah. where the ship's left. If, if When she does what she does, yeah, okay. yeah. that immediately gives away the fact that the, sh- that well, the, the little ships have left. So they must we'll have do. gone down to that planet. Well, I'll, I'll rephrase then. My... Either way, the plan ends with her killing herself. And mm. she knows that. She has to pilot that yeah. ship. Regardless of whether she turns it around and crashes it into the Imperial Starship or whether she carries on and drifts off into space, waits for the fuel and the shields to run out and she dies. If she tells her crew that, I am going to send you all away and sacrifice myself. How many people do you think would jump up and go, no, don't do that. We'll figure out a way. Like She she has figured out very early on that their chances of survival are 0% Mm. if they stay on that ship. So she puts herself forward... As someone, and you can see it in moments in the film where she goes to say, but then she bites her tongue and doesn't say. Again, resolved if she thinks there is a mole on board. Yeah, okay. Is she, <laughs> but, like, I, I don't yeah, think it's, it would, it's. I think that would be a bit too complex. But it's, it, it's just enough. Mm. It's justification enough for me where, like, her plan mm. is because she knows that they're screwed, essentially. She can send the. What are they called? The transporters. Yeah. Send them away. And then her plan is to either keep going or, you know, as we find out, turn it back and destroy the ship. And either way, there would be a lot of opposition to that plan, but she knows that that is their only chance of escape. To to, to defend it, I do think that there's all this frostiness between Holdo and Poe, and I think that's there to show that Holdo's just met Poe, and she doesn't actually... No he's he's not giving off trustworthy vibes. She has no reason to let him into this plan. For all we know, she told plenty of other people. She just... Didn't tell Poe because yeah. he has not shown himself yeah. to be trustworthy. And, that, that's a good and she's defense, right because he started his whole plan. Yeah, just because we her. know Poe. And Poe got everyone killed. She was right not to trust Poe. I mean, yeah. like, the, one of the big problems that a lot of people have with this film is that if she just told Poe the plan of what was going on, he never would have done that whole send him off to Canto Bight to get the thingy and mm. do a ship, you know, raid the ship and have a mutiny and um, essentially. Um, get caught because the only reason that the rebels start getting fired on is because um, DJ gives it away. DJ gives it away, and obviously mm. DJ wouldn't give it away if they'd never gone to Cantalbat in the first place. So she just told Poe that what her plan was. It would have been fine, and it feels like the main reason she doesn't tell Poe. Yeah, maybe it's because of a lack of trust, but it just feels like the main reason she's not telling Poe is to force a character point that Poe needs to have more trust in the people above him, and you know, because that is one of his, you know journeys as a character for the film is that he needs to um, learn to accept orders from the people above him rather than acting like a hero all the time. Yeah. Um, but that's fine for me. That, yeah, that is it, just, it's, yeah. It feels like a an ex it it feels like a pretty poor explanation for why she hasn't hasn't told him. The reason she's not telling him is to make a small point about mm. he needs to accept Leech. I mean obviously she doesn't think that possible. The thing is though if he tells if if he tells him if, she, if Hollow tells Poe, then we don't get one of the most important thematic strands in the whole film. And I think Holdo withholding the plan... <laughs> Holdo withholding. <laughs> then I think her withholding the plan is worth the stuff that Finn and Rose go through together. Yeah. Because mm. then otherwise you have a very extended, protracted chase sequence at very slow speeds... Yeah. And the stuff going on. There is what, one criticism that I have is that if we didn't have those interjections of constantly going between Acto and Canto Bite, it 
this would literally be a Star Wars film just set in space of people just floating in space very slowly. Yeah. Ships crawl towards it. And there are, I think there are times when it focuses too much on that element where it can sometimes get a little bit dull because of this really slow chase that's going on. But luckily, because they're constantly interrupting it with um, the scenes on um, Thingy Ship, Snoke Ship, yeah. and the throne room, or on Akito, or on Canto Bite, those things do break it up and make it a lot more exciting. Yeah. Um, but it is sometimes in danger of becoming slightly dull. Um, that would be one of your, your few criticisms. In then. the middle, in the middle section, yeah, in the second act, does sometimes feel like it may encroach on slow chases going on not much else is happening I just, to ran- it doesn't. I just wanted to randomly suggest an alternative theory to the whole thing which is that you said then that would many people really have said oh no no don't do it but she's just seen that Poe has this whole problem with being able to give up and maybe she worries that Poe actually might try and stop her from doing it so she can't I, th- I, th- I, think, I think people so would stop possible. him from doing it because this is the thing it's in this film, there are so many characters around where if one of them says, right, I'm going to sacrifice myself, everybody would turn around and go, no, I'm sure there's a way we can get out. Not necessarily. I'm sure we could, are... it. I'm sure we could save I, I, I think Poe probably would have tried to stop her. Not necessarily. When, when the support ships are going down, you've got the captain of those ships that goes down with the support ships and nobody's bothering to help them and bothering about their sacrifice. Yeah, but it's the thing is that this plot is about Poe specifically. And, and I think Hol- Hol- we only see Holder we really interacting with Poe. We see her interact with Leia, and she instantly tells Leia because she trusts Leia. They have this long backstory together, whatever. But with Poe, oh, she um, doesn't yeah, Holder know... is in lesbians yeah. with Leia. Yeah, she, mm-hmm. she suggested she has a bit of a thing for Leia in a book. Oh, okay. But um, she she doesn't tell Poe because I think it's either well one way or the other. She, does, she doesn't know how he will react, and she thinks it's too risky to tell someone who is so volatile. Uh, I just think she's not telling him because she's putting him in his place for plot reasons, which I'm fine with. That's... But then again, even yeah. if she does tell him, I think he would say, just give me time. We, we'll find this master codebreaker anyway. There must be another way. There must yeah. be another way. I, this, I is the, say... this is the point. She is yeah. right. Poe has gone and done his own thing without asking her and ruined the whole plot. She, he has refused to accept <laughs> her command. Yeah, so if you know he's going to do that anyway, then why not tell him the plan anyway and spur some chance that he might yeah. not? Yeah, well... Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> um, but that does all lead to the best moment in the film, yeah. which is when the cracking of the lightsaber matches with her smashing through. But oh, I'll do, oh. I'll do you several further. The cracking of the lightsaber matches with the cutting of Snoke in half, with the yeah. cutting of the ship in half, with half of Phasma's mask being removed... Yeah, um, I think one of the Praetorian guards gets cut in half. With, uh, one of them pulls their weapon apart to make two weapons. Mm. With the entire fan base becoming split. <laughs> with the fan base being cut in half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my god, just that moment where the lightsaber cracks and then Holdo fires the ship into another ship and then all the yeah, other ones break as well. But slightly reverse, yeah. the lightsaber bit where um, Kylo Ren suddenly kills Snoke. Yes. In the yeah. throne room. That was We've great not... yeah, as well. I want to ask oh. you about this whole this whole big throne room showdown. I'm loving this whole new use of the lightsaber, just like turning it on and off yeah. as well. It's great. Yeah, or <laughs> he grabs it and turns it on and off quickly to get rid yeah, of that like, guy. Yeah, to like hit that so, guy in the eye. Yeah. But sort of two questions though. This whole showdown between Rey and Kylo Ren and Snoke and the guards. First was how were you expecting it to go, and two like how did you react to the way that it went? I didn't think they were going to kill off Snoke. Because mm. um, he was, he felt like he was supposed to be the big baddie at that point. Yeah, it felt like he was kind of like the emperor. Um, 
I wasn't expecting Kylo Ren and um, Rey to kind of team up and destroy the others. Mm. And then for him to be like, join me like on the dark side, it just seemed really strange because it was like, it was like a little bit of a back and forth. Yeah. Um, but it kept me on edge the entire time because I was like, I have no idea what's going on, but it's great. Well, that's the thing. Because there's those brief, <laughs> after he's killed Snoke and him and Rey are fighting by back to back. Yeah. I think part of the tension of that is for these brief few minutes, you think that Ben Solo is good again and there's yeah. briefly no villain, but you're in the middle of the trilogy. Yeah. And you're like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. And the tension is just the sheer confusion of it. Or it's like, yeah, it's either Kylo Ren's turned good or Rey's all of a sudden turned bad and it's really strange because they're yeah. kind of on the same side. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think they deal with that rather well when um, they make it very clear that the only reason that um, Ben Solo does that whole battle with um, helping Ray and killing all the guards and stuff is one, because he wants the power that Snoke has mm. and he, he's got a desire for power. And two, the only thing keeping him grounded at all to the good side is that he's clearly got feelings for Ray because he feels a connection there with her. Yeah. Um, and so that's why he's like, I need you. Join me on the dark side and, you know, we'll be really good together. And when Ray very clearly is like, no, I don't want to do this. Well, that's it. There's nothing else grounding him to the good side anymore. Yeah. So he just, yeah. you know, total dark side. It, give, it gives him out of depth as well and it gives the film a rewatchability because you wonder when did he make the decision to do this? Was this a plan? Because I sometimes watch that opening scene with Kylo Ren and Snoke where... He needs some support after the shit he's just gone through. And Snoke just totally whips him down. And sometimes I think when he's smashing the helmet in the lift, that's the moment where he decides, right, I'm going to recruit Ray and I'm going to kill Snoke. I'm an angry teenager that's going to kill the parent that just told me yeah. off. And I also like that he needs Ray to do it because of this whole thing with the guards, where they would have beaten him on his own. They're, yeah. they're good enough that they yeah. really like him, and he physically needs someone else to help him kill Snoke because he will not survive it on his own. Mm. Yeah, they cover every base with that um, plot, and it's just superb. I but, think superb stuff. I mean, there are so many fantastic, like, fantastic moments crammed into like those five ten minutes. Mm. You get the fact that Ray's parents were just worthless nobodies, because then if nobody can be a Jedi then everybody can be a Jedi. <laughs> including exactly. Broom Boy. <laughs> including the boy with the broom. Yeah. Why? Why would that be a bad thing? Come and on, the thing guys. Is, and it Why makes, is it a bad thing that random people makes, can be Jedi? It makes logistical sense because the end of this film, the, re- the Resistance, is about 20 people on a ship. Mm. What do they need? An army. People. Mm. People who can wield the Force. Oh, Here's a fucking bunch of them. Why aren't people pleased about this? Without that element of this film, where if nobody can be a Jedi, then everybody can be a Jedi, it's just Leia, 3PO, R2, BB-8, and the three new characters we've been introduced to in this film, plus Rose. Yeah. Taking on the entire Taking on the entire First Order. You, you won't have a last film. Mm. And so, if... I mean, I don't know what's going to happen now. Are they going to jump forward in time so that that boy is a little bit older? I, I, that boy is not going to no, I, 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 I just come just think he's more of a symbol. He's symbolic. Yeah. yeah that, like, the, anyone can do it. And the one thing that I love, the fact that they use kids for that, is that it just helps so many young fans who are watching Star yeah. Wars now relate to it so much more and think, wow, that boy can use a force. Maybe I've got the strength inside of me yeah. to be able to do that sort of thing as well. That's, how I, that's how I felt Cheesy about, as hell. Yeah. That's, but that's how I felt about Anakin in episode yeah. one. I was the same age as Anakin. He was my identifying point. Wow, maybe I can become Darth Vader too. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it, yeah, it, that's such an important point. It's nice. It, it's it's like, it, a really great way of nurturing the young fans, I think. Yeah. 
And from what I know of, kids love this film. And I'm sure that that's the reason yeah. why, which is which is that yeah. it tells them that they can be Jedi too. Yeah, and it's, a lot of people get annoyed at the kids um, because if you like, oh, the kids, they don't, they shouldn't be in this film, sort of thing. Seem seemingly forgetting that Star Wars is largely, you know, an action adventure film intending to appeal to kids. Obviously, it's to, to appeal to everyone, but very particularly to it's kids. It's a film about. Well, I would say that the original trilogy is about how the children of a terrible parent overthrow that terrible parent while also bringing him round and destroying the hor- horrible organisation that he works for. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> but it just doesn't have the generational link between the characters. Hmm. The characters who were trying to make the world a better place in Star Wars just don't have much generational link to the star- to the hmm. old characters. But that doesn't change the heart of the message hmm. that Ray's parents were terrible people who were willing to sell her off for... I mean, it was alcohol money or something, wasn't yeah. it? Something yeah, yeah, yeah. Drink. And so, you know, she's grown up in, like, this really horrible environment. She has the chance to make the world a better place, and she's going to do it. Like, yeah. And the thing is, Rey never, Rey never gets high and mighty about this. She knows that she's lucky to have this gift, and that she, but she's constantly like, I need to be trained. I, need, I don't know. I, I'm so confused. I'm just so overwhelmed by all this. I don't really understand my place in this world. Someone needs to tell me, because I have this skill, but I don't know why... My, you know, it just happened. I need, I need defining. I need explaining. I need to find define myself. Define me. Define <laughs> me. I need love. But like, that's it. Ray doesn't go or like, oh, I, I've been taught by a Jedi master. I am great now. You know, Ray hasn't made the mistake that Luke made. Yeah. Which is that Luke was trained by an awesome Jedi and he could fight people with a light stick. So his idea was that he could also train people and impart his wisdom. But... No, Ray's not like that. Although she does make the same mistake that Luke does of leaving a training early to try and win round yeah. the body and fail to do so in the process. But I don't necessarily mind that because that's like, okay, I'm getting nowhere here. I need to go back and help. I need to, yeah. you know. Ray's under no illusion that she's not all powerful and yeah. just, you know, not, and doesn't really stand much of a chance. She knows that she's nobody. And she, she said, like, I need have my i need to have my place in all this defined for me please tell me if you have all this knowledge but you know she's not all smog and shit like mm. she again she's another person who embodies what this film is trying to talk yeah, about well, and that, even in the force awakens she's not that smug about it like this whole mary sue shit can fuck right off like the yeah. people like well can she fly the falcon if she's never flown a thing before well i can't imagine the falcon is that complex to fly. Considering every character Han- that seems Han- to come into contact with it is capable the of The very first it. time Han flew it, he broke the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. So, you know, shall and- we criti- shall- let- no, let's not criticise that, because he's a man, so it's alright. <laughs> and Ray does mention that she is a pilot and that she's piloted ships yeah. before yeah. on the surface. So, exactly, it's you know. just, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to get too far into this, because um, I think we covered quite a lot of this with the... Um, Force Awakens yeah. coverage, but considering there's the place for it, um, I actually really like Rose in this film. She's very important, mm. um, thematically. Like, but she's not important enough to the plot for it to be like a big issue that she's in the film. If you know what I mean, like people are making exactly. such a big deal out of her, but like, well, she saved Finn's life. That's probably the only yeah. Plot but she's just she's a side character. She is. Yeah. People, um, a lot of people, believe it or not, complain that she ruined Finn's heroic death scene. 
And if there is a stronger example in the world of missing the point of a if film... If people just not get it, I cannot it, think of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of the problem that I have with um, the criticism of this film, is that when people criticise The Last Jedi, they're completely missing the point of The Last the thing, Jedi. I and the thing, I really I don't want to get arrogant or smug about it. I really, really don't. But this is just the God-honest truth that I think some people, not all, I think some people maybe don't understand... The message of the film. No, just, just say what. Just be... honestly, just say okay, what I well, said. Yeah, yeah, just some say people, what, yeah. I think don't understand the film. I think it's a simple. I, as I that. would go one step further. Some people don't understand art. Way. <laughs> <laughs> <I wasn't gonna laughs> and some people. I mean, I thought this was a joke initially, but there are currently a bunch of people on Twitter looking for two hundred million dollars to reshoot the Last Jedi in full because they think that the Star Wars brand is big enough that they could reshoot it and do it properly. Did you know, by the way, that Ryan Johnson is supporting and promoting it? Because he wants to see how bad it'll be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. but these are the sorts of people who should not be allowed to discuss or go anywhere near art that they apparently enjoy. No. Because, they, fair enough, if, I, if I'd have thought that The Last Jedi was shit, I'd have gone in and gone, huh, that was shit, and I would have gone out, and then I would have gone home, and I would have consumed the art that I enjoy... And I would have gone, well, that was a shame. But quite a lot of these people watched it once and hated it. Mm. I watched it once and thought it was it was good. And I remember I remember saying to myself, it was nearly a disappointment because there were bits in it when I first saw it that I didn't like. Watching it just a second time has completely enhanced my experience of it. I think it does it, help that you've also you've watched all of the other Star Wars films before it. You've seen this in context. We've talked about all of the aspects of Star Wars. And it's become very clear for anyone who's listened to all of these podcasts, the thing we like about Star Wars is the characters and the relationships between the characters. Yeah. And that's what this film is full of. Yeah. So, you know, after talking about how much we love the relationships and the interactions between different characters, to then re-watch The Last Jedi with all that in mind, it just makes the film a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, but Absolutely. unfortunately, I do think when these, when these kinds of people discuss art, and they completely misunderstand the point that a film is trying to say and then become a very vocal minority, they infect art discussion in general mm. because this is the big thing at the moment. The way people talk about The Last Jedi, this is the biggest arts discussion, I would say, on the internet at the moment in all these various forums, Reddit, 4chan, whatever like that. If you don't like The Last Jedi, fair enough. Even if you like it for reasons that we have discussed in the past where it's because, like, they don't like Rose because when you get down to the bare bones of their arguments, she's an Asian character, but she doesn't have a blue streak in her hair. And, you know, like we've talked about this. Like, you know, if you want to moan about that, then, you know, you're an idiot. But fair enough. Can't stop people from thinking what they think. So if you want to go on message boards and complain and whine and moan, whatever. But attacking cast members, begging oh. people for money to get to make sure that you can rewrite this film deliberately editing I mean I know that we've talked about the fact that Mark Hamill initially didn't really get what Luke was going on what was going on with Luke in this film but deliberately editing YouTube videos to so that Mark like Hamill's views are misrepresented mm. and spreading them throughout the internet that's not trying to discuss art that's just trying to infect yeah. people with your opinions and these people should they in a in a better world they would not be allowed to discuss I it think, in the way that they I are. think you probably pointed to the problem quite well though is that for a lot of people Star Wars is like it's the life. It's not just a film. Like like the way me, Robin, and I take it. We sit down and we enjoy the film, and it's good. 
And if we enjoy it, then yay. And if we don't enjoy it, then we'll go watch something else that we do enjoy. There is, yeah. um, there's a really good tweet, actually, which I've just been scrolling to find. And it's by Twitter user Sean underscore Jen. And <laughs> their idea of the Last Jedi remake, as a joke, this, um, this is exactly what it would be like, which is the Last Jedi remake, Luke. Hello, Ray. I'm here on this island on a top-secret Jedi mission to discover a mystical artifact that will defeat Snoke, who is a clone of Emperor Palpatine. It's a special lightsaber that is a new unseen colour. Also, I am your father. <laughs> is that not the film they want to make? Mm, pretty much, yeah. Which is basically just... Garbage. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it would be very fun. Like, you know, whatever. If, 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 the, if Last Jedi had originally been made in that way. Yeah, but it would just... But it's just the same again. Like, I don't think... We've talked about this, where, like, The Force Awakens is, like... Yeah, basically the same again. But because it's just the same again once, it's not that much of a deal. But if The Last Jedi had just been that kind of tone again, you'd start to sit there and think, like... Okay, like, you know... Where's this franchise going? Any original ideas going to come through? And But then when you do something different... That's not okay either, and you've got an unpleasable fan base. It's like you were saying; people love Star Wars so much that it's not just something they enjoy; it literally becomes part of their identity and defines who they are as a person. And so, if they see something in Star Wars that they don't like, or the franchise starts going in the direction they disagree with, it's not just something that they don't like; it becomes an attack on their identity. I was just going to say, yeah. it becomes an attack on There's them. A, yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I'm the person in, in here who has, you know, the most kind of bond with Star Wars, you know, the person yeah. who it kind of means the most If you were to, to walk into a room and have a conversation with someone in the first ten minutes, you are likely to mention that you're a Star Wars fan. <laughs> here's, here's the thing, though, right, in that... And I think I've said this to you before, like, in real life, Jake, that as much as, like, I would be really disappointed if I, you know... Say if Force Awakens had been terrible, I would have felt terrible about it I would have been genuinely upset because Force Awakens was a big kind of moment for me but it's not actually real and I do have a life outside of Star Wars and you a enjoy film, entertainment a film at the Wars. end of the day is just a film and the idea I mean first of all the idea of getting so upset about it that you say oh it ruined all of Star Wars for me is ridiculous because have an imagination if you don't like it watch the others and forget the other ones exist yeah uh, but Further than that, the idea of attacking people personally on Twitter, who not not even attacking characters, attacking actors who play characters, I think is just absolutely despicable. And I'm glad and this film has killed Star Wars. Base, a bad name. But you know what the sad thing is? Is that these people are not rare. They're not rare. No. There is a big, big problem in the fan base at the moment of people who are incredibly entitled, incredibly bitter about the way things have gone, and incredibly kind of sad about the mm-hmm. fact that their generation of being kids watching Star Wars is over, and they don't get to live out their childhood version of Star Wars forever, and that there is now a new one that is very popular that is not being made specifically for them. And this has been exposed now that people are not happy about this, mm. and... I have had this sort of identity crisis now as a Star Wars fan that I'm like, you know what? I didn't realise you people were like this. I don't want to be in the Star Wars <laughs> fan base anymore because you're very hateful people. And mm. I'm ashamed to be called a Star Wars fan at the moment. That's the truth. 
the way people have reacted to Ray and they're saying, oh, she's just a social justice warrior, feminist person, Mary saying Kathleen, Kathleen Kennedy should be sacked for have, for daring to have two or three female characters in these films. One of which is Asian. One of which is Asian. Without and the streak of the hair. I think, at the end of the day, these are films. They should. I said before that my expectations of Star Wars film are that they should be fun and that they should be exciting. Last Jedi is extremely fun and it's extremely exciting. Mm -hmm. I also think that about Force Awakens and I also think that about every Star Wars film apart from Attack of the Clans. If people can't do that, then these films aren't for you, or at least some of them aren't for you. Well, find something else to watch. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. (laughs) There's other shit out there. Maybe they've done that because no one seems to have gone and seen Solo. But anyway, this is the thing, right? In that, if this is a case of well, Star Wars starts to not make as much money and people aren't talking about it much, that's okay because this is a moment to clean out Star Wars's closet. I think if yeah. you've got people here who think that the only person of any importance in this is Luke Skywalker because he's this um, heroic. Uh, American white guy who we all grew up with who represents a better time if that's your opinion you can fuck off out of this film I don't want you to watch this film <laughs> Yeah. because I don't want you to be associated with me to be like <laughs> I was just saying yeah. I'm, I'm kind of glad that there are going to be so many people who will yeah. not watch I mean there were, 20, there were so many people who backed out of this film because they cast a black guy as the lead well, in Force exactly Awakens they, did, they boycotted it are not rare and yeah. it's just a sad thing about the world you are right it, like taking a casual bros on like Star Wars subreddits or Star Wars forums and stuff and you'll get some nice kind hearted people putting a comment up saying yeah I don't like The Last Jedi I agree it's not very good but it's not cool to be attacking you know mm. um, um, what's it? What's her name Kelly Marie Tran yeah. Yeah. because you don't like her character roles and then loads of people underneath and these are all the uploaded comments it'll just be people justifying and going yeah but Rose is a terrible character yeah, and she you don't have to film. have that caveat it's like where, where yeah. is the connection between not liking a character and thinking it's okay to justify attacking yeah. this person I mean, and threatening this, them. This actually, this goes back a long way in the Star Wars fandom because the kid who played Anakin in the Phantom Menace the was bullied problem. out of yeah. acting. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. He, he never did anything after Star Wars. Became right. a bit he's, of a now, he's now very mentally ill and is in permanent care. Where? Yeah. And yeah, so this is not the first time anything like this has happened. It's just that this has particularly strong... Mm racist and misogynist undertones. And it, it, this exact same thing happened to um, Daisy Ridley quite a few times after... Um, yeah, this whole thing with people saying she was a Mary Sue. In The, in the Force Awakens. Yeah. Like, she came off Instagram about six times after The Force Awakens came out because the amount of people that were just harassing her for daring to be a female lead character in a Star Wars film. And a gun. Actually, the, a better guarantee, the Venn diagram of these people we're talking about and the people who hated Skylar in Breaking Bad is just a circle. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, and, and Anna Gunn, who played Skylar, did a little uh, piece in the New York Times about five years ago. Um, I think it was for the New York Times. About five years ago, saying that, like, I play a character on a TV show, but people who watch this TV show send me death threats. Mm. And the internet just gives them a flaw, and it's a shame that the internet gives them a flaw because they're not discussing art, they're just trying to poison and infect everybody else around them. And you know what's great? is that they didn't get any pleasure out of how fucking awesome and ri- how many risks are taken in that final act. Yeah. 
to completely th- can, can we please talk about this final well, act well I want like, well I w- after destroying skip. half of our listener base and making them tune out yes let's talk about the final I, I want to skip just before that too. I want to go back to Ray's parentage thing because this is with, oh I, sorry I consider the, that part of the final act well, okay too. well the thing is I, we've been very very kind of brutal and said what we think about a lot of the people who didn't like this film but here is a point where I think I can actually give an example of what I think about genuinely not understanding it, and I don't mean that as a nasty thing about people. I mean, genuinely, they didn't understand. When I before I saw the Force Awakens, my opinion was that Ray was going to be Ray Solo, and that was purely because Han had a big role. I was in the one film. of the few people that was yeah. convinced she was going to be Ray well, Nobody. Yeah. Fair play to Jake. He guessed right from the start that she was going to be what we call Ray Random. That was that was yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ray Random. Yeah, um, and that was like that was totally wishful thinking on my part because that is exactly what I wanted, yeah. and I'm so glad it happened. But I thought, based on the evidence I've been given from trailers, which is nothing really, I thought she's going to be Ray Solo. Then I saw Force Awakens, and my opinion very quickly changed to, well, she clearly is just a randomer, and that's because at no point in either film is there any suggestion at all that Ray doesn't know who her parents are. And also, nobody tells her who her parents are. Ray tells Kylo Ren. She always knew who her parents were. There is yeah. no scene at any point in either of these films where Ray is wondering um, who her parents are. Yeah, to be it honest, was never going to be Luke or Han. She knew who they were. There's a mirror scene where she's asking her to show no, she, her she doesn't. She, said, she just says, show me them. She doesn't say that she doesn't know who they are. She wants to see them because they've abandoned her. Um, she tells him, and there's these the, the ridiculous theories from people who haven't liked it, saying, oh, well, maybe it'll turn out that Kylo was lying to her. Okay, so what, no, what about... Uh, but no, he says he got that from reading her mind when they connected to each other. Yeah. And he said, oh, I saw who your parents are. And uh, then he said, hey, the, you, the, your I, parents are filthy junk I, traders. He got that from her mind. I, I she get, knew. I get what you're saying, but I think it's a bit more subtle than that because it's quite clear, I, I think it's quite clear she doesn't know who her parents are because when she gets on the island and she does that whole mirror scene... And she's talking to Kylo Ren then about how she came to the island looking for answers and she's left not getting those answers. So it's quite clear that she get, went in with the intention of finding out who her parents no, no. are. She says to Luke what the answers are that she's trying to get. She says her answer is, what is her place in all of this? That's what she's trying to find out. Seriously, J.J. Yeah, Abrams and Ryan Johnson have both said the exact same as this. Said they were very surprised that anybody got the impression that Ray didn't know who her parents were I... and they both wrote from the start that she is Ray Randomer and they were completely taken by surprise by the misunderstanding of who are her parents as a mystery in mm. The Force Awakens I don't think they help themselves by having Ray touch the lightsaber and have all those visions come up because I thought I don't know about you Nor, but did you think that she was connected to Luke in some way by blood when she touched his lightsaber and she had all those visions not really no I, I think just it was just who did you think she was yeah I well, I didn't. I didn't know who she was. That's the thing. I, Did you I care? Not particularly. No, like. But in any case, in any it case, that it's not a relevant point. Yeah. Like, that could have been the case if she'd gone to meet Luke at the end, and then in the first scene of Last Jedi, she says hello, Dad. Yeah. Right. It it works in Force Awakens. Once she's met Luke and had a conversation with him, and met Han and had a conversation with him in the earlier film. There is no plausible way in my head that she ever could have been either of those. I authors. thought going into The Last Jedi that they were building towards Rey being uh, Luke's uh, daughter. Like, I thought that was what they were building towards Okay. in some way. Maybe after, you know, we would find out in this film that when Luke went away, it was because he had married some woman who died mm. and Rey had been born and Luke, in his heartbreak, had gone off somewhere to be alone. 
and to recover. Sort of how, like, Han is the kind of guy who, like, was really cool in college, wore this really cool jacket, smoked all these cigarettes, had all the ladies, and then when he finished high school, he gets somebody pregnant, and then you bump into him, and they stay together for a bit, but then you bump into him 30 years later, he's not seen that girl he got pregnant for 20-odd years, still wears mm. the same jacket, still smokes the same cigarettes. Mm. That That's kind of what I thought they were doing with Luke as well. This kind of like handing of the torch from Han to Luke over the course of the two films about who's the main character from the original trilogy in each of these new ones. But the fact that Ray, again, I would say exactly what I said before, the fact that Ray's nobody means the fact that everybody can be Ray. Exactly. And yes. 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 My favourite thing about the film is that any, any everyone can be Ray. It gives Ray a is, shit. About Ray is not an important You don't have yeah. to be of a royal bloodline exactly. to be important. Exactly, yeah. and that's one of my favourite things, not just about the film, but about Ray, is that she's relatable. And we used to have a lot of these <laughs> we used to have a lot of these discussions before The Last Jedi came out, talking about who's gonna be the next Skywalker, who's gonna carry on the Skywalker line and how the Skywalker's gonna continue from from here. And I've always said I don't care. I don't care about the Skywalkers. <laughs> neither do I. Like, At this point, neither just, do I. Like, no. just let let them go. Let the past yeah. die. I mean, <laughs> Kill I mean, the Skywalkers. I mean, I did care going into this film. I do care about who the Skywalkers are. But by the end of it, I was perfectly fine not caring. Yeah. And I was perfectly fine that my expectations hadn't been met. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, exactly. They had, they had managed to convince me over the course of two hours that this eight-film saga about the Skywalkers doesn't necessarily have, have to, to be about the Skywalkers. And the fact that they successfully convinced me of that is an extraordinary achievement. Mm. Yeah. And, the, yeah. The, the, the other big twist, of course, the other hugely controversial thing is killing Snoke without revealing who he is. Again, not to say that people missed the point. Well, I am saying that, that people missed the point. Which is that the whole point is that we don't find out who he is because he doesn't matter to the story. Because he's dead. Why does it matter if he's going to die? It would have made him seem more significant than he was and it would have pissed people off even more when, when he, he died. got killed. Like yeah. I said, yes, I am reincarnated Darth Plagueis. I am indestructible. Whoops, now I'm dead. Yeah. Well, that's, the, thing. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the, the practical thing as well, which is why Ryan Johnson said he didn't write in an explanation of who Snoke was, was that it would have stopped the film dead. Ray, Ray doesn't know this world. She, the, the, the people from history she knows are like Luke, Leia, and Darth Vader. She doesn't know anyone yeah, else. Yeah, and the point... And if, if, if Snoke had said, well, young Ray, did you know I am Darth Plagueis? She would then go, well, who's Darth Plagueis? And yeah. then, he'd to, then he'd have to do this whole thing. And it would stop the movie dead. Well, and the, the points with the do mention bloodline, very early on in the first acts, where Snoke goes, the potential of your bloodline, pause... Music to hear Darth Vader's theme. <laughs> Vader. It's like that does stop the film dead. Yeah. Like the only time they mention any of like the old characters that aren't in the film anymore, yeah. Darth Vader, and they're trying to build up his legacy. It it's just the film stops, literally pauses while Snoke's like that, plays some music, and then mentions him by name just to make it clear that we're talking about Darth yeah. Vader. And that's which is why I'm so glad that they don't go into anything yeah. like that in too and, much um, detail. I mean, all of my speculation about Snoke was... Go- I mean, everybody really had speculation about Snoke going into this because he was such a mystery. But mine was about, like, what he's about, like, what his motivations are, who he is as a character. Like, I said that thing about, oh, maybe he doesn't have the force. Maybe he's just a normal guy. Maybe he's a really tiny man in a small didn't show. care about was what planet he was born on and, you know, what his real name was and how he got power and stuff. I didn't care about that. 
And I think one of the best decisions the movie makes is giving him two scenes and then quickly dispatching him in an absolutely awesome death scene. Yeah. Which yeah. is so satisfying. Yeah. Like when that happens and then that shot where the lightsaber just slides to Ray, Ray lifts her hands up and a hand appears from the bottom of the screen to grab yeah. the lightsaber. Yeah. Like almost as satisfying as Ray getting the lightsaber yeah. in the forest. Um, and it's so oh. sudden as well. Well, the thing well, is, any um, scene of Ray grabbing a lightsaber is just <laughs> awesome because she's born to have a lightsaber. She's just so cool with one. The thing is, there's a thing about it I'm a bit um, in two minds about, which is that they have that shot. You know, when Snoke says, "I see him turning the lightsaber," and you see Luke's lightsaber yeah. turn. start to turn towards Snoke, and that clues you in just a second before it happens that it's about to happen. I think it would and, be best if you had no well, idea. Well, this thing, I, I think for me personally, I would have preferred it if it had been a truly out of nowhere sudden jolt when it goes through. But then I think maybe that might have been too much of a shock if they hadn't. If they, I think it might maybe help mm. the scene flow that they give you that two seconds warning yeah. that yeah. he's about to die. Because I don't know about you know, but when I was first watching it and I saw the lightsaber start turning, I started thinking, okay, well maybe he's not going to kill Ray. Maybe he's actually going to kill Snoke. And by the time like, you process no, that thought, that can't happen, can it? And yeah. then oh, all of a sudden, it's yeah. happened. Like, yeah. what was your thought process when that was going on? I thought he was trying to grab hold of it not ah, like, like so bring it to it it was turning because he was doing it wrong hmm. or something like that like he hadn't quite got the right so he didn't suspect at all that he was going to kill Snow I figured he'd eventually kill Snow because he's stealing his lightsaber but I didn't think it would be just by switching it on because that's a new thing well that's so, sort of what I thought the force it, wouldn't, yeah. on, yeah. it, it wouldn't have impri- um, surprised me on a general level to kill Snoke in this film, I I would have thought that you know I could see the appeal of it. I I we killing him not early in the film, but you know, way before the end. Yeah, is a real surprise. It's had such a random and moment it's not very, in the it's film. It's not very satisfying death. I don't think it's just he sat down, not really doing anything. Like he's not really earned and he the flops right to, kill to the him, floor. I, I love yeah. the, I love the look on his face where he gets those few seconds to look down at the lightsaber and look yeah. back up in shock. Where he has those few moments of recognition of oh my god, yeah, <laughs> yeah so, those few moments to realize he's fucked up. And just to hammer home, really, that he's dead. When they go back to the ship, they cut directly to just his death I know, they, they the see floor, <laughs> which made us all throughout, throughout the whole battle with the guards Snoke's body is lying there as well. his He's corpse hands. is on screen for so much of the film yeah, he could like not be he could not great. be any more his dead his disembodied hands are still <laughs> clutching onto the chair during the whole fight scene oh. I um, you expect um, General Hugs to walk up to him and give him a kick to make sure he's dead <laughs> Yeah, when his hand is just there, <laughs> someone um, take his hand and start waving it around. But, this... but you know, you know what um, could happen. I mean, Darth Maul survived it. You <laughs> 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 could have a cybernetic Snoke in the next one. But that'll be in um, in um, Finn, a Star Wars story. Oh, God. That'll be Mars for Star Wars. Oh yeah, Mars for Star Wars. Yeah. Um, but that leads into my favourite bit of the film, and it's the bit that we all spoke about. Salt. Where which I tried to talk about before, but then we moved away. But the moment where the lightsaber cracks and then coinciding with the moment where Holdo smashes the ship through the uh, first order. And the Formula One engine seems to roar past. Yeah. (laughs) And then silence. And I remember when I first watched that in the cinema and it was like the best choice that Ryan Johnson possibly could have made. Because we were talking about this. It was like... It's where it goes... You know there's that colour they've made that's like blacker than black? Yeah. That felt oh, like... Yeah. The auditory... Or you've seen uh, second season of Master of None, right? No, but mm. I do know the colour you're talking about. Uh, but basically what happens is there is a scene... Phantom in... Black. 
That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there is a scene in the second season of Master of None where a deaf couple speak to each other for a good while. And the scene goes beyond the point where it's like the silence and then the silence that you feel like balls in the drums of your ears. And when I was in the cinema... That is exactly yeah. how it felt. It yeah. felt like my ears were going to pop because well, of the silence. I think the reason it's and so effective as well is that, I mean, I can't praise that whole 30-minute Snoke's ship segment enough. Yeah. But from the moment where Ray arrives and gets captured by Kylo, all the way through all the stuff with Poe taking over his ship, and Finn and Rose making their way through, and then the Snoke showdown, and then this big shootout in space, and then it finally comes to this climax where it's almost like a film in itself, that 30-minute mm. battle type thing in the middle of the film where the the music rouses this big John Williams Holdo's theme and then she races towards the camera and that moment of climax where it just reaches sudden silence is just it's like an incredible. orgasm after 30 minutes of yeah, great sex <laughs> but it actually like kind of is it's that moment of just like ecstasy where you it, the whole thing gets resolved in this single image yeah. of destruction and, and why the hell has no one ever done that before Oh. So cool. <laughs> what, the uh, jump to hyperspace yeah. into a ship? Yeah. yeah. I, I, that's the thing. You have to not think about that. Oh, there must be a reason why no one's ever done that before. Maybe well, because it's it incredibly you, fucking so dangerous and irresponsible. Yeah, yeah. yeah true. Yeah. But it, yeah, incredible scene. Uh, incredible definitely scene. the stylistic high point of the film is that shot yeah. Where, yeah. where he just rips through. Mm. But... Come on, this film is just stylistically one of the most beautiful films ever. <laughs> segues, yes. so beautifully, nice. segues beautifully into crates. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Um, wow. It yeah. Was so pretty. Oh, they God. were my favorite. They were my favorite shots from the trailer. The crystal foxes. Oh, awesome. Those were awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Love the me some. Uh, and they, they actually floor. play a really important part that I'd actually yeah. forgotten about. Where it's yeah. like you first see them and I'm thinking, okay, so they're inhabitants of the planet, but what role do they play? And then it's like, oh, that's the role they play. But before all that happens, you get the rusty cruisers like going along. Yeah, Paul literally kicks a foot through one of them and he's like, yeah. what the hell? <laughs> but like the red Engage the your monoski. Like, oh. <laughs> and just like the red and the white, like just like red arrows, like pouring out of the back. The paths crisscrossing with each other. Yeah. Oh, it's just absolutely beautiful. And Everything. I remember when I was watching the film for the first time, I was so taken in by all the Snoke ship stuff. And when that climax, I was just like, oh my God, I cannot bear any more of this. And then they go pretty much within five minutes straight into the next battle. Yeah. Even like... all this beautiful stuff. And then they do the play the TIE Fighter music when Ray's going in the cave. And I just had this feeling of, Oh my god! I'm just overstimulated. This is just too yeah. good. This is just incredible. And I do it. I did it now. I do it every time I watch this film. But that whole last hour, it's just like, oh my god! It's my literal dream come true for a Star Wars film. It's amazing. Even little things like the new style of walkers with the gorilla feet, which are slightly cool, but they just they're cool because they just feel so much more physical. And, yeah. Um, like big red puffs of salt come up when well, they the walk. The bit when in they go and... to shoot Luke. And there's oh, a bit where the left like, foot comes forward and yeah. you just go, and then it's like, and like, I mean, that. A tornado of red, and, and yeah. then he just steps out of the mist, and it's like. Well, when he comes into it, when he comes in to that, 
uh, when he comes in through the back of the cave and then his lightsaber's out, I remember thinking to myself, hang on a minute, his lightsaber was just straight... Oh. There's loads of these, you know. There's loads, there's loads of, of little visual cues. N- nothing quite obvious enough for you to be able to notice it, but there's a I general... Know, there's a general... Like, his hair's shorter, he looks younger because he's been CGI'd, he's wearing different clothes, he's got the lightsaber. <laughs> it's very vain of him foot, to make himself battle His foot yeah. doesn't leave the imprint. There's a lot of tiny little subconscious things that give you this general feeling that something's not right <laughs> and when about 3PO this. does his one useful thing in the film which is tell us that there's no way in or out of the cave and then Luke appears and it's like huh hang on a minute yeah. but there is something that doesn't feel quite right Yeah. the fact that Leia doesn't go what are you doing here it feels a little bit because Leia senses him before he turns up and there's yeah. no what are you doing and here you know, like, the, like there's none of Luke, that Luke you've come to take down the first order with a laser sword here's a, here's yeah. the, here's, there's a great bit of rewatchability with this as well which is that oh, I'm guessing that the reason he doesn't ever clash lightsabers with Kylo Ren is because he's not physical so can't be touched and it would yeah. give the game away yeah. he grabs Leia by the face and kisses her on the head and then she gives him this look of kind of like respect and awe which you think is you're going out to die on my behalf what a great thing to do but what she's yeah. actually doing is He's just revealed to her he's not there. Yeah. yeah. By grabbing her face, and she's okay. like, "Whoa, that is a good idea." <laughs> yeah. No, it is, and to be honest, it's. I mean, when did it click for you that he wasn't there? It didn't, to be honest. Until yeah. until it didn't. Like, Kyle Ren's got the lightsaber yeah, going yeah, yeah. The only thing every I noticed again, when I watched it was the foot, and I didn't understand Yeah, why. every now and right. again, I felt like nudging you, just kind of going, are you looking? Are you looking? Uh, no, look I, a bit I was closer. paying attention. Bit... No, no, I, it like... was just little things like yeah. when Kylo's foot moved, and it left that really deliberate red red yeah. imprint. And when the dragon's foot moved. I didn't pick up on that. The dragon, they make it very clear that red paths are left everywhere on this planet. The dragon, the cannon, and you can see the... Slightly uneven path leaving behind yeah. it. The attention to detail is insane, but then Luke's the only one that doesn't. I didn't notice it when I watched it. I was completely. I, I noticed it, but I had no idea what it meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't that, figure it out because yeah. it's a new force power. It's Fucking not force it's apparition force. of himself, like just. I mean, there is one great foreshadowing when at the beginning of the film when Kylo and Rey are speaking to each other. Rey, Kylo thinks Rey's done that, and he goes, "No, the effort would kill you." Yeah. So there we go. Um, That's how he does. So what the hell was going on in your head when Luke survived all those bullets? So, yeah, I was kind of like, is he like invincible now? Using the, kind of legend? using the force to create. A, <laughs> yeah, um, like he's got some kind of shield an incredible with the style shield. Yeah. Um, I love that little moment though where Hux is like trying to make a bitchy comment to like try and get one over Kylo, and it's yeah, like, like oh, do you think you, you got him? Yeah, then? did you get him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the, the one thing I wasn't enjoying about the film the first time I saw it, it's minor criticism, but I was like. Mm, They've kind of sold out because he he is a legend because he he can't go down fighting, uh, sorry he can't go down in a hail of bullets he he can't be killed like he actually is, is he actually is like a godlike Jedi but, but, yeah, but then it turns out he's not and yeah. the yeah. film completely delivers on it and yeah. it's like ah oh, no, that was yes. such a good twist like, in- it was yeah. so, like, totally unexpected the interesting question though is he dies at the end anyway so should he have just gone does it make a difference that he, he used that go. to do it he couldn't go. Yeah, it could, and also I think it's better if he's there kind of standing, teasing Kylo, because like... And Kylo may not be sure that he's dead now. Kylo yeah. might think he's still alive. Yeah, yeah and I think the true. whole thing is just an elaborate distraction. Yeah, It's just exactly. a very good elaborate distraction. And also, the story at the end of this incredibly magic guy um, has inspired the kids. Yeah. yeah. So he has to do some sort of spectacle to inspire people around Anna, the galaxy with the story. The of way happens. he goes out 
and I knew they were going to do it when I first saw it, and I am so glad that they did it, and this time it nearly I made me full, full on cry. I was welling up at the end, because we've done this the, from the start, and we started with yeah, them the looking fourth, out at the suns. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah the two, the dual sunset, he just has to look out at it, doesn't he? And like, he just fades away, and like... For us who've done this journey from start to finish, and you know, basically finishing now, I know there's another film, but you know, ending, so we start with me and Luke looking at the suns, and we end with him dying looking at the suns. Oh. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's the closest that a Star Wars film has ever pushed me to tears. Mm. Closest. And the massive the, swelling of music that they've got on for the. the um, first time in the whole sequel trilogy. Um, oh, John Williams has been building throughout both films, and this is the first time we get the full force theme uninterrupted. Yeah. was for Luke's death. Which, again, reflecting when he first started the journey. And he the gets this story go. in a big way. Yeah. John oh, Williams. totally. John Williams. Oh, we, we know this from the prequels. John Williams knows where the story should be heading more than the directors do sometimes. Yeah. Um, he's just so good at telling the story through music. Um, um, and I was going to ask what Norm made of Luke's death, considering you were introduced to him about three months ago, four mm. months ago, and now... I wasn't welling up. <laughs> Sorry to say. Um, I wasn't expecting him to die. Um, but then I get the whole moving on to new characters thing, and I think it, it was necessary thinking about it now. Um, but yeah, I think it's a it's a deserved death scene for him. Like he, It was worthy it was, of him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Like, this, like, the sunsets and everything, like, it was a nice way for him to go. Yeah. Um... But yeah. that, that's my own, that's that's always been my only caveat is that I never minded Han being killed off or Luke being killed off or never would have minded yeah. Leia either. I think as Han long deserved as they a more like them, fighty scene, whereas like as long as they give Luke them a didn't. good death scene, that yeah. was, that's always my caveat. It has to be a good way for them to go. And yeah. they, oh, with Han and Luke, they just nailed it. Both yeah, times. exactly. Yeah. Are there two sons on Acto? No. Or is he imagining there's a second no, son? You only see two point. sons in that one shot where he's looking out at them. But we don't really get very many sky shots anyway. Yeah, we do. Did you watch this film? All yeah, those establishing not, not shots of the sun. I think the one, the one of the sun. There is just one sun on that. Time, there is, there is definitely just... only. So one he's ima- he's essentially imagining his, the start of his mean. journey and home yeah. and oh, and Bruce uh, skeleton. <laughs> oh, <and> skeleton. <laughs> he's thinking of Biggs back home. He's thinking he never did go to Toshi Station to get those power converters. <laughs> 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 but like that, just. That whole last act is... And then we it's get incredible. that great moment where... when we've, we've kind of spoken about it, where Rose bookends her story with Finn really nicely, where she stops him from doing something brave and stupid in order to save him, yeah. and then make it... And, and there's a big criticism have a bigger purpose. in this film that everyone's... A lot of people say that the, the film makes this whole point about how you should needlessly sacrifice yourself um, just to, you know, make a small gain... And everyone's like, oh, yeah, but everyone does it in this film. Poe does it. Well, yeah, Poe gets told off precisely for doing <laughs> the, that. The whole plot of the film is because he does that. Exactly. <laughs> General Holdor does it when she sacrifices herself. That's not needless. She literally has to do it for the survival. Yeah. There's no other choice there. Again, exactly. all tracing back to Poe's original mistake is why she has to do it. Exactly. And the the reason that, you know, it's, it's it feels sort of lost on people. Like, even if he had sacrificed himself and destroyed that cannon... The, the resistance is still trapped in that base. They're going to get destroyed by yeah. them sooner or later anyway. No matter how many sacrifices they make, the First Order keep whittling down more and more and more. And in a lot of these cases, it's because the resistance are willingly killing themselves. Exactly. It has so they to need stop to stop sacrificing yeah. themselves. And it's a, a very good way to 
end that segment. Um, and also as well, just in the middle of all that, um, and um, I know we talked about how like it kind of comes out of nowhere, but the way that Finn and Captain Phasma's fight looks, how so on earth they got those that. schemes to work, I have like, no idea. The amount of silver and orange and all these sparks reflecting yeah, off all of the silver. Not, those colours do so... not fit together, and yet somehow it works. You, you said the same about um, the Kylo and Rey fight with the guards as well, with red yeah, on red. Red, red on red. Yeah. 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 So no, many I... scenes in this film that you could just screenshot, print it off and hang it as a picture. Yeah. Like, especially some of the stuff on Crate with like the, the lines of red cloud. And then Luke looking at the suns, obviously. It's yeah. just, it's, um, oh, it's a beautiful film. Yeah, beautiful just... Film. Yeah. I, I think this is a night, unless we have anything more to say. Uh, oh, I've already talked about how great the passing of the booking is at the end with the shots of the three characters all completing their character arcs with Poe becoming a leader, Finn realising that he needs to join the Rebel Alliance fully and fight against, you know, yeah. what he wants to fight against to help the ones he loves. And Ray basically becoming the last Jedi. Yeah, really fantastic way to end it. Really, really great way to make the three main characters become the three main characters mm. and sets them up for yeah one more film. Yeah. Oh, also how we only realise at the end that Ray and Poe haven't actually met. Yeah. yeah. Until they're yeah. like, hey, so well, I'm Ray, yeah. hey, I'm Poe, and it's like, what? Ooh, that leads <laughs> to serious chemistry there. I think. Do you think? <laughs> Do you think there's a bit of a love interest thing? Possibly. So. I bloody hope not. Well, He's so you know, you know why, I, why I think there is? Because you know what Poe says to Ray? He says, I know. And that is Star Wars code for I love you. Don't forget it. They've only just met. You can't love her. That's like, <laughs> I held the door open for you. But she goes, I'm Ray. I know. Oh, I and that to me is too similar to I love you. I know. For it not to be a tease. I've been watching he's you from so afar from all this so time. So it's fine. I'm happy for he that. He's the one and only person I'd be happy for Ray to get with yeah. because he's so damn pretty that he I couldn't is. blame him. He is. He's <laughs> love him. <laughs> the only other thing I wanted to say was that I feel like I probably haven't quite done justice to quite how sad I was to lose Carrie Fisher and how much I love, love her performances in these films because this is the last chance I'm going to get to talk about it now. Yeah. And yeah, I played it down to this, but... I, I mean, when she, when she died, I was just like, it was the first celebrity who's ever died who I've ever mourned, like someone I knew, who I was ever genuinely upset over a celebrity's death. And it was very hard watching him in this film. Especially, it's unfortunate in retrospect, that they have so many scenes of a lion in a coma about to die. It's very, very <laughs> unfortunate. But um, and I think it's weirdly a little bit of chemistry between Leia and Paul at some point as yeah. well, isn't there? Yeah, Which yeah. Is nice. I think a bit of a cougar thing sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's like you've said so many times with the passing of the torch, that if this was to be Leia's last film and Carrie Fisher's last film, I'm very, very glad they got to do this one because it works well as a handoff. It's a good film for Carrie Fisher to go, to go out on. She gets her big scene with flying in space. She gets to, you know, on screen, begin to hand over the reins to Poe. I'm very glad she got to do this one. And I will miss her very, very dearly. Yeah. How do we think they're going to kill her? I opening crawl in the next film. I, I think, I think they kill her in the crawl. I am, yeah. o- I am open to the idea of them giving her a brief respectfully shot scene on screen to show her being killed and the family on board with this so if the family on board but they would they be able to do that okay. with CGI do you reckon I think so I, I think, think they could do it get someone dressed up in an outfit do it like they did with Rogue One where they put the face mm, on yeah. I think if they do it respectfully don't give her too many lines just have her you know be on screen give Poe or Rey a meaningful look as a ship blows up or something yeah. I think that would be okay 
Did you watch ACDC? She's relatively old on screen anyway, so I don't think it's unimaginable for her to have just passed away between this film and the next well, one. Well, she's not, you know, her and, her and Luke are both 57 in this film. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if that's the last um, An excellent thing we have to say, <laughs> I think that's the, this is the point where we go through to our final gradings for this season. Let's say, what did we give Force Awakens again? I Well, you gave The Force Awakens a 9. Mm-hmm. I gave Force Awakens an 8, Andy gave it a 10, and you gave it a 9.5. Not even angst. Yeah. <laughs> so, Who's going first? Well, Who wants to go first? I think Noor should go last. Okay. Because <laughs> you're a girl. <laughs> and if you got to go first, you'd be a Mary Slim. You were introduced no our, obstacles. You were introduced to our newbie, and this is the last episode you're going to be part of as a main cast member for a while, because you're going to be... Demoted to recurring character. No, 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 no. <laughs> guest, guest appearance. Star. Oh yeah, I'm guest appearance. Than you lot now. Special right? guest. Star. So I mean, we have to star. treat her with honour every time she's on for the next one. Of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course we do, Jake. Yeah. Um. So, Andy. Uh. I can never separate this and Force Awakens in my head in terms of which one. I love the most. Well, you get Force Awakens a 10, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. for, for very, very different reasons, I absolutely love them both. Like, this is just nothing like The Force Awakens. Mm. But, I, I went into this thinking I couldn't possibly be as satisfied by it as I was by Force Awakens, because Force Awakens was just everything I wanted. With this, by the end of it, I was just like, oh my god, I'm enjoying this more than I ever thought possible. Like, there are, there are moments of this film where I'm just in absolute heaven. Where I think it's not just a great Star Wars film, it's a great film. It's one of the only ones of the yeah. saga that I think dares to try and actually be a great film outside of Star Wars. That it actually Empire Strikes Back tries to Yeah, Empire as well as the other one where I think they're both trying to really do something as a film, not just as a Star Wars film. Both, both directed by very daring and interesting directors. Yeah, yeah. Both beautifully directed, both take huge risks and with this film I just think it does exactly what I wanted for wanted it to do out of this film I basically love every moment of it there are some very slight little things that I would have changed but nothing that particularly matters and I you know I've come out of this thinking that Ryan Johnson knows best so don't worry um, and because I can't decide which one I prefer over Force Awakens or Last Jedi I'm sorry I'm going to cop out I'm going <laughs> to give it a 10 yep. because I can't meaningfully think of any way to improve it Okay, uh, Jake. Um, easy for me. Like, I've, if you've, you've made more, it clear from the start. Yeah, from the very start of this podcast, I've always said that last shit is by far my favourite. Um, this film was like everything I wanted a Star Wars film to be when I watched it. I, I, I would arguably say that this film made me a big Star Wars fan because it's just so good. It takes everything that I like about Star Wars, really great characters, a focus on inner strength. Um, and maintaining strong relationships with the people that you love and saving the people that you love um, and disregards everything I don't like about Star Wars heavy emphasis on the Jedi and the Force as some form of religion that must be coveted and so many like little details and lore and backgrounds of characters that just don't need to exist it gets rid of all of the stuff that doesn't matter in Star Wars and refines Star Wars to the very essence of what I think what I think it should be so for that reason for me it gets 5 out of 5 baked potatoes fantastic hey. well you know I think as someone for you who's relatively casual and new to Star Wars as a kind of serious enterprise you know going to watch it and stuff it's like I think Last Jedi is like your Empire Strikes Back 
isn't it? Yeah. It's your moment of being truly hooked. The one thing that, one of the things I really love about The Last Jedi is that um, it appeals to me so much because it's so much fun. And so, like, like when we were watching um, The Force Awakened last time, because I've not seen it for so long after watching The Last Jedi so much, I forgot how relentlessly fun The Force Awakens was. But not only is The Last Jedi so much fun and so surprising to watch, but it's got so much heart to it and it's got so much meaning behind it at the same time. And, and takes a franchise in directions that I thought it really needs to go in. This is like the antithesis of Attack of the Clones. <laughs> totally is. And it's just so bloody good. So good. Mm. Um, I have to say, I was not expecting the rating I was going to give this. Go on. When, I, when I first went to the cinema, I came out and I gave this just a flat 8.0. And now you're giving it a one. <laughs> Dreadful film. Um, Rose watching is it a second time round, all of the most of the stuff I didn't like when I went and saw it in the cinema felt right to me this time. I still would add Captain Phasma to uh, Finn's storyline, yeah. and I would probably I would make Leia's force floaty thing look a little bit less ridiculous. But they, they, these, to me, are minor issues. Like they I, are I, I agree issues. with both of those, but yeah. I don't consider them. Worthy of but any in terms of what it does right, Jake covered basically every point that I wanted to make in that it tosses out at the right <laughs> moment everything that needed to be tossed away yeah. from Star Wars. But I would argue this needed doing back in the prequels. It's not the, it, <laughs> Which makes it all the more satisfying that it's done. Yeah. I think no. that's some of those. It's not the film that some people wanted, but it is the film that Star Wars needed. Yeah, exactly. That is exactly it. But not only that, but it's also very stylish. The comedy beats actually worked for me most of the time. Mm. And I didn't expect that because they didn't work when I was in the cinema. And when I saw it, when it first came out uh, at Christmas, I, I didn't get the humour in the way I do now. The B-plot with Finn and Rose at the casino didn't really feel that keenly towards it when I first went and saw it in the cinema. Did this time. I like Ryan Johnson anyway, and I was very, very excited to go and see this. More excited than any film I think I was looking forward to throughout the entirety of last year, 2017. And when I came out, I felt a little bit disappointed, but felt like I'd had a good enough time to justify giving it like an 8.0. But I think what this film does best, and I was saying this, and I've held this opinion ever since I went and saw it the first time, is that while throwing out everything... While, while throwing out everything that Star Wars needed to have thrown out and while deconstructing most of what Star Wars had become, it somehow, at the same time, manages to feel exactly how a Star Wars film should feel. Yeah, I completely agree. And yeah. doing both of those things at exactly the same time, within about two and a half hours, and juggling plot and character and whatever, is a hell of an achievement. And I never, ever thought I would say this, but this this is my... And I this is an opinion I have held <laughs> since I was maybe six or seven years old, Empire Strikes Back is no longer my favourite Star Wars film. Oh! This jumps out ahead by 0.5. So I'm, I'm giving this a 9.5. Oh! Very nice. Which is as close, and I so, so rarely give tens to anything. Like, TV episodes, albums, films, I think tens are handed out so easily across critical, like... If you go and yeah, see I'm, a film... Yeah, I'm giving them out like smarties, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but the thing is, like, it's different for you because you've given these tens because of sentimental reasons, whereas, like, people go and see these films or they listen to albums a few times in a week and it's like, oh, ten. 
you know, like, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, it, even though, like, you know, I give tens to think I feel things I feel yeah, sentimental. Yeah, and, and you give tens to things that do have flaws anyway. I have to see, just for example, I had to, I loved uh, Ladybird that came out this year more than most films I've ever seen in my life, but I had to see that twice before I committed to giving it ten. Mm. Whereas, so that's how hard I, I thought something has to work for me to for me to give it a ten. So for me to get this close. And for this to throw out my favourite Star Wars film and just nudge it to second place, I, 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 can't, I cannot believe that this is my favourite Star Wars film. But because of what it does, and because of what it represents, and because of how much it has flushed out the negative side and exposed, <laughs> despite it basically just shone the light on the rats... This makes in me happy. I feel like race. my subtle brainwashing of getting <laughs> from the but very no, beginning has worked. This is, this is my favourite Star Wars film, and I am gutted that Ryan Johnson has not got the chance to do episode nine. Well, George well, he's, he's is got most trilogy. For that. He does have another trilogy, favorite. but I'm gutted that he doesn't get the chance to finish off the main story in the way well, yeah. but we know like, now we know J.J. Abrams J.J. Abrams is... will do a solid job and based on what's happened with Last Jedi I'm sure he'll do a job that's closer to Ryan Johnson's vision than J.J. Abrams' original vision the thing is Ryan Johnson but, has now taken all of the risks for J.J. Abrams yeah. he's yeah. set he's taken all the risks and set the direction so that you don't necessarily need to take any more risks to make another good film that goes away yeah I mean yeah. I've got I've got my imaginary episode 9 which I will not bore you with the details of but as far as I'm concerned, there are quite satisfying, easy ways to bring it on home now, but that don't need yeah. to completely reinvent the wheel. There are things that they're going to have to do differently because there's no big bad in Snoke and there's no yeah. Luke either. The wheel has but been reinvented now. Let's the wheel not has been reinvented, reinvent it straight away again. Let's exactly. tread along it's, it's this course. Yeah. And I see how this new wheel will spin. Is yeah. That, yeah? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you just look so lost while saying that. So, for I guess like for the final time this season, nor where wh- what grade would you give this and why? I can't find any faults with it, and I rarely say that about anything. Um, it's got adorable things in it, like the we porgs. haven't talked about the porgs at all. The I'm so porgs. sorry, we haven't talked about them at all. Screaming um. out the window in the Falcon with Chewbacca <laughs> is amazing. Um, it's got BB-8, who is also adorable. and Who does have can... a slightly diminished role in this film, well, but it's, it's still great. Powered chicken yeah. walkers and things. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's one-upped R2 on, on the whole abilities thing, oh, like, totally, for sure. Totally. Um, Although, oh, also... The hologram scene with R2. We never mentioned that. Oh, yeah, R2, the really, yeah, like, sassy bit. He kept holding that for a while. He must have made sure he knew the file location of that. That's, <laughs> he saved that to desktop. He's <laughs> certainly not been in the recycle. <laughs> I did love Luke's thing. That Actually, when Luke said that was a cheap shot, that yeah. made me think that, like, Ryan Johnson had read this bit in the original script that but, R2 uh, had convinced him. <laughs> R2 had convinced Luke to come back and join the fight with that cheesy. hologram. And then Ryan Johnson's gone, like, that's a cheap shot. <laughs> oh, wait, I could put that. <laughs> anyway, continue, though. Yeah. Um, Sorry. It's got great storylines throughout. Like there are so many plots going on at the same time, and I, I don't think any of them is bad at all. To be honest, like they're and all like necessary. Said, they're, they're not all... confusing. They yeah, they're all so together. easy to follow. It's everything I'd want in a Star Wars movie. 
Um, which is why I'm glad I saved my turn because yeah. this is getting it. <laughs> so we give this a 39.5 out of 40. Fuck me. Uh, wow. God. We are, we are, I'm the, sorry, the Star Wars is, fans. I know you hate us right now. But. Th- I mean, obviously, we've been paid We've been paid by Disney and we are a bunch of liberal hacks. So I, I'm going to go back to my Ferrari and drive back to my Disney paid mansion now. Yeah. Right. Th- thanks for everything, Walter. With my normal so, castle of porks. Okay, so there are 10 films and I'm going to go from 10 to 1. I wonder what came last. <laughs> what was it that came last? In what, ten... what was the score of what came last? Well, in tenth, <laughs> yeah. in tenth place, with a score of 10.5 out of 30, was Attack of the Clones, episode 2. 10.5? The next one up from that is um, episode 1, with 20 out of 40. Oh, poor Fat Menace, I still love you. <laughs> Not so, as much as eight other films. In eighth place, with 25 out of 40, is Solo. What a jump between episode two and episode of Solo. Episode Solo. Episode Solo. I'm Ran Solo. An extra 15 points. In seventh place, with a score of 26.5, is episode three. It's fine. We're We're getting into decent films now, I think. So fourth and fifth are episode four, A New Hope, and episode six, Return of the Jedi. I can, I can be on board with that. I think that's fair. Yeah. Third place is is The Empire Strikes Back with 35 oh, points. That came third. Yeah, with 35.5 out of 40. In second place is The Force Awakens with 36.5. And in first place... God. The Last Jedi, 39.5, oh and it's only because we, we, of me. Were do, we were doing so well, and people are going to hate us. Yeah. <laughs> and it's only because of me that it didn't get a perfect score. Well, yeah, you should true, be ashamed. So, Prequel meme subreddit is going to hate us. So, <laughs> so that is it. Until Christmas, that's it. And then after that, another... Star Wars, that's it. After, yeah. after that, another year until the... Um, yeah. Episode 9. We so we're can, can, I t- can I tell everyone what we're doing? <laughs> yes, Go you on. can. <laughs> There's one film that I think Jake's seen oh, yes. bits of. I've seen it all to my displeasure. I haven't. Rob hasn't seen it, nor certainly probably it wasn't even until recently aware that it existed. <laughs> we are going to do the Star Wars Holiday Special. All two plus hours of... Wookiee dialogue interspersed with 1970s commercials in, a high, the, in VHS A high quality. Carrie Fisher <laughs> singing high, to the Star Wars theme. A high Carrie Fisher singing the Star Wars theme tune. Uh, a four-armed TV chef. Um, <laughs> a long cantina musical sequence. Yes, that cantina. Just one more round, um, friend. And a nice interlude from a then-currently popular Jefferson Starship. Yeah? Yeah. Genuine um, question, though. After hearing all of that, there is a chance that the holiday special could outdo Attack of the Clones. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, the next announcement is that because this is the end of season one, there has to be a beginning of season two. Mm-hmm. Now, there is going to be a change to the lineup in season two because we're, as we've kind of alluded to, we are losing one of our main cast members who I'm is going to be. Moving away, I'm sorry. So, Nora's going to become a guest star whenever she's up a from A special London. guest star. Yeah, a special yeah. guest star. You're going to be last on the credits. Special guest star. Which means we're replacing Nora with other token females to have throughout the entirety of Series 2. And friends that we have, and people that we know, 
who... It may not always be females. <laughs> because we're going to be running through all 22? I thought it was 20. It's, well, it's, 20. it's, it's in the... Though. Well, it's, it's more than Star Wars anyway, but we're going to be talking about... Who wants to say? Pixar! <laughs> That's right, we're going right back to the early 90s, mid to early 90s, and we're going to come through right to the present day. We're going to do them in chronological order, and yeah, that. so we're going to be talking Pixar. Are we going to do the entirety of Series 2? It's going to be the 20 episodes of Pixar films. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what it is. We've been, we've been syndicated, so we've got more episodes. You know, we, we, we only had one moment in this whole series where two of us began to slightly well up, and now we've got to do Toy Story 3. And up. Oh. And oh, oh, the first Toy, Toy Story three is the only film I've I've watched several times and cannot get through it without yeah me too truly weeping buckets <laughs> and and wondering how life can be so cruel and unfair so long partner hey if we've got a guest style a, a guest spot for people to fill in maybe one of the audience wants to join us <laughs> well. Who knows? Send us a message. Yeah, yeah. that PO box. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to say thank you very much if you got this far. Because listening to people talk about anything for any length of time is an effort. But listening you can to people... certainly say that if you've ever heard Rob talk about Game of Thrones. Exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh, Which, if yeah. you've been listening to this podcast... Guarantee there'll be a Rebel Chums taken the up Game of Thrones pro- episode pro- at one point. Probably <laughs> collective hours worth of our content yeah. has been Rob yeah. talking about a Game Rebel of Thrones. A Rebel Chums bonus episode where it's just me listing my favourite episodes of Game of Thrones right through to my least favourite. <laughs> I also want to say as well, no, you have now seen all the Star Wars films. I'm officially you've seen all a Star of them. Wars You've seen as many Star Wars films as I have. I would say you're officially a Star Wars fan. I would say yeah. you are officially a Star Wars fan. Yeah. So, and I also just want to say thank you very much, Noah, because you, you are basically the reason we did this because you've never seen any of them. Thank you so, guys you for doing that. Thank you very much. You stopped this just me and you stopped this from just being me, Andy, and Jake talking about the films. Like you actually added a dynamic. Yeah. That was unique <laughs> to what we were initially thinking of. So other than just three white men sat here talking about Star Wars, which is what any Star Wars podcast ever is. Well, You've given us a unique selling point. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We're multicultural and yeah. multigender. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but not for long. Now you're leaving. Uh, more white men to come and talk about Pixar with us. <laughs> but yeah, but I think that's it, isn't so it? for the final time for the first season, we will be back with season two in at some point in the indeterminate future probably yeah. a short yeah. break before we yeah. pick up so two. We'll, we'll give you a try and get Spotify to pick us up to yeah. uh, quote block party but yeah one month off yeah but yeah bye bye everyone until next time good, good, <laughs> goodbye from the rebel chums <laughs> <laughs>